However, standing by right now is the one and the only, Sean Mooney. Who? Mooney, everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man. After you threw him off through the announce table, Taker climbs back down, he gets in the ring, and he goes, see if he's breathing. So right before I called 911, I thought she'd fallen asleep. Kind of shook her a little bit to, to wake her up, and she did not respond. I don't go down to my, go to my grave testifying or whatever, swearing that Davey was not on drugs. If he was on drugs, the way Brett says, how does, I mean, how great does that make Davey? Are you laughing, Sean? I get off the track here all the time. Did you just laugh, Sean? You go ahead and chop me. Give me a big chop. I'll sell. I'll give you my whole chest and everything. And then I'll look at you like this, and then I'll punch you right in the mouth as hard as I can. (laughs) Attention, Sean Mooney, you scum, you slime, you maggot. If there's no further questions, you're dismissed. Carry on, maggot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of Prime Time with Sean Mooney. I want to thank you once again for tuning in and having a listen. Uh, as the brand new year starts, I hope your 2020 has started out well. Uh, coming off our Superstars Q&A episode to kick off uh, the new decade. And uh, what an episode to uh, begin with. Great answers to our awesome uh, Patreon members' questions. And uh, if you haven't given that episode a listen, really, you should take the time because uh, you hear some uh, great inside uh, content that uh, was not included in any of our podcasts prior to this uh, with these individuals. And they included Slick, uh, the great referee Earl Hebner, also Jerry Briscoe, uh, Mike McGurk, who... uh, you know, it took us a while to get her on the program, and uh, boy, it was worth the wait. She was just uh, awesome. And then, of course, Todd Pettengill, who was an, uh, another great guest here on PTSM. So if you haven't uh, checked out that great uh, Superstars Q&A from last week, please do so. Uh, there is a, a lot of great episodes in our library, but um, really that uh, is a great one, kind of summing up uh, the year with uh, some of the great guests that we had in, had in 2019 and also uh, revealing some content that nobody had had an opportunity to really hear before except our, our awesome Patreon members. Not only are we releasing great uh, content every week, but if you're a Patreon member, uh, you get all that great content early and ad-free. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Mooney. Great stuff. Okay, we've got a lot happening this week as well. Uh, this week, we've got PCO. He returns, Pierre Carwellet. Uh, if you listen to our last conversation, like I said, this is round two with uh, PCO. Uh, the last time that we chatted, if you remember, he was experiencing this gigantic resurgence in the world of professional wrestling, had transformed himself physically and mentally, uh, just incredibly. Uh, fast forward to today, and what an amazing run it has been for the 51 year old PCO. Just incredible. Uh, If you've seen him in the ring, uh, maybe uh, seen him uh, at an arena somewhere or uh, perhaps uh, on YouTube or, you know, one of the matches that you've seen on tape somewhere, you know that he performs like a wrestler who is in his prime in his late 20s. He is 51. (laughs) And when you see some of the stuff he does, it's just amazing. Uh, Now he is the Ring of Honor world champion. He defeated Roosh on December 13th, uh, just a little bit... uh, you know, not even a month ago, 
uh, at the final uh, battle to win the title. And just, just amazing. Uh, you know, the stuff that he does is just amazing, uh, especially at the age he is, but he's just in tremendous physical condition. And as you will hear in our latest conversation, according to PCO, he has uh, still a lot to accomplish. So let's get to round two with PCO. Ding, ding, ding. I am really excited to welcome back a friend of the program who first appeared on PTSM back in May of 2018. Uh, a little over a year, I guess almost a year and a half ago, and a lot has happened since then. Uh, at the time, he was starting his ascension once again back in the world of professional wrestling, and it has been quite a ride since. Uh, he was 50 when we last chatted, but if you have seen him in uh, some of these videos that he's done or seen him in the ring, he performs like someone who's in his 20s. Uh, if, you've, if you've seen him, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and he just keeps getting better. Carl Wilette, uh, better known as PCO. Welcome back to PTSM. How are you? Oh, I'm great. What about you, Sean? Yeah, everything's good, man. It's been good. Uh, you know, it's hard to believe that we chatted. Uh, it was like a year and a half ago. I mean, doesn't it seem like uh, well, a yeah. year ago, right? Yeah, I thought it was like six months ago. But the cool thing about it is, uh, well, I've done, you know, I've done a few since then, and I've, I've been to many places, and you too, probably. But maybe yeah. if you had the chance to uh, listen again to what we recorded a year and a half ago and what where I'm at today, yeah. that might be cool to, you know, junction uh, what I was saying and what had happened. And I think that, that that's going to be a cool, uh, cool show. Very interesting between you and I, oh, you know, absolutely. like uh, just talking about different things. Yeah, you know, and, and it really is amazing how much has happened with you. Um, now, when we chatted last time, uh, you had uh, been getting a lot of interest. I mean, you're, there was a big buzz about you out there in the world of professional wrestling, and uh, you had started these new workouts and, uh, you know, working out with your manager, and uh, uh, and pretty soon, and you were just shaking the independent world up, upside down, really. Um, so let's talk about, uh, though, uh, first of all, I just want to congratulate you on your most recent accomplishment. It's kind of come to a pinnacle now. Uh, you are uh, the champion of the Ring of Honor with a uh, tremendous match against Roosh um, at the final event. Um, tell me what that means to you at this point uh, after all you've been through over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, when I was 14 years old, I always wanted to be uh, uh, a world champion for a major federation mm-hmm. like Ring of Honor. And uh, the fact that I did accomplish that at final battle uh, on the Friday the 13th, this December 2019, yeah, uh, it was like you said, the pinnacle, but it was uh, it was uh, a long life goal achievement. Sometimes when you achieve things, uh, goals at a younger age, you don't appreciate it as much as you should, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had strive and I had work and I had like sweat so much and, and try to figure, uh, everything out, you know, and, and I, and on the, on, on my way up on my ascension, uh, I developed a, such an amount of respect for any champions in life, 
whatever it's the Olympics, you know, the sports team, wrestling or boxing, any champions whatsoever. It is so demanding and it is something uh, so hard to accomplish. It, uh, it, it, uh, it demands to be so focused mm-hmm. on, 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 on the goal the whole time, the whole day, the whole week. Uh, it has to, you have to be totally passionate about it and you have to be totally uh, willing to go all in. To, to, there's nothing for nothing. So, so the higher the goal is, the higher the sacrifices are. And uh, I, I can tell you that uh, I did a lot of sacrifices in order to get to where I wanted to get. And especially uh, being older and, and and making a comeback, which is like probably the, the greatest comeback in sports history. And, you know, if you talk about any sports, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen someone, you know, becoming a world champion of a major uh worldwide federation, you know, like something like Ring of Honor who's got two hundred and twenty T V stations. Mm-hmm. They have like, you know, working with New Japan and Japan, working with CMLL in Mexico, uh having, you know, branch in Canada with Fight Network and with uh, you know, uh, the RDS and uh, which is like a, one of the biggest uh uh French T V station in Canada. So uh, they're, they're all over the place, and uh, and to accomplish that, to me, uh, I gotta say that I was that really, really. I went through some phase of uh, deep emotions to uh, to all the weekends, even after that was done. You know, like really? uh, just hearing a song or or reading a nice. Uh, uh, lying, you know, from a fan or something, and uh, it, it created like uh, images of the past, you know, like uh, the the stuff that I've been through, the uh, the failures that I've been through, the setbacks that I had, the <clears throat> the people uh, thinking that I was crazy and coming back, uh, all kinds of stuff and positive stuff as well, uh, negative, positive. It it was like uh a film, you know, like you know, when I won the title, the, the world championship, it was like a movie of my life mm-hmm. uh, going about the wrestling life, mm-hmm. uh, about going like uh, in 10 minutes, the whole film was like going to my mind, different stuff, different. Mm-hmm. It was like if I was like, uh, you know, thrown plenty of uh, images and ideas and scenes of my life that I lived uh it was, it was super cool in a way. I yeah. mean, it's something that I never lived before. So you know, it's uh, a, a special moment. Yeah. Well, Apicio, um, let's take me back, though, to even before we had our last uh, conversation and tell me about where you were at the time. I mean, we're talking, you're, you're in your late 40s, which uh, is, you know, for many, their career, if they were in professional wrestling, it, it's, it's long over at that point. What was the turning point for you, though, and and what uh, what changed? Uh, hooking up with Destro was what was it that made the difference? And then where were you at that point when you started? As we we've said, uh, your ascension again. 
Yeah. Well, it all started like uh, I I really went through some tough times when I uh, I got let go from WWE in the year uh, 2000. That was probably one of the my, the hardest year of my life. Uh, it was like quite like almost a big depression. You know, it was something where I. I, I didn't understand what was coming up. You know, I was just like 30 years old and I was yeah. like totally confused about what just happened. And uh, in the meantime, I was also confused because uh, I had lost my focus. You know, I wanted to become a world champion, but at one point uh, uh, I thought that it was okay maybe to go out, you know, and and uh, and, and, and you know, have fun with the girls and, Right. And uh, fun with the boys, and uh, you know, instead of maybe you know staying in and going to bed the bed early, and then being in the gym early the next morning, so you're out late, and then you're coming back late, and you miss the next day workout, and you kind of start you know losing your discipline a little bit, and 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 you see other guys that they seem to have like success even though they're partying so you you kind of get confused and you're young too you're between 25 and 30 years old so you're thinking okay that's the life you know it's like the life of a rock star mm-hmm. because they seem to have success but you don't know if they're really happy inside or not or whatever they are how they feel in their head and their lives so you know, so you take things here and there, and you, and, and you you start doing those wrong things. Uh, I mean, for an athlete and for someone who wants to become the best in the world, you know, or the best in his career or whatever he does. Mm-hmm. So you have to be things that others aren't willing to do. So I was not doing those things, and then when I got fired and everything, I was like blaming. Uh, Let's say the click, and I was blaming maybe Vince, or not say you know uh, for different things, or blaming the whole WWE the the way that they were handling me, things like that. Right. But when I came back from that hard time, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, uh, and then I wrote I wrote down on a piece of paper everything that I. I dislike about others and I dislike about the business and I dislike about the such and such people and things like that. And when I was reading that list that I had made of everything that I dislike about others or I disliked about life and look at myself in the mirror and it was like rejecting that image right to me. And that's why it was a, such a humbling moment for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, I felt like, wow, uh, the whole time I was blaming all the other people for my, you know, misfortune when I was the only one responsible for everything. So I started to pick up myself Mm. and try to become a better human being Mm. and uh, to become a better person Uh and to uh, take uh, fully to be fully responsible for for my own life and for my career, for the choices that I'm making and the way that I react to certain situations where I don't have the control over it. I try to stay positive because I can control the situation, but I can control the way I think about it. So I started to really work hard on myself to become the best person that I could become. And, uh, and then... Uh, 
after that, I uh, I got into uh, doing commentary for uh, TNE in French for three years, and I was making a great money, mm-hmm. great salary. I was uh, I was at having it easy. It was a good easy life, you know, and uh, good money, and I was doing what I liked. But after three years, I looked. Again, myself in the mirror, and I said, you're a commentator right now. You're a wrestling commentator. You are 41 years old, and that's not going to get you any way close to your goal to become the world champion. So you have to quit that job, and you have to go back to put the wrestling boots on. Wow. So that was one of the hardest things I had to do, yeah. to, uh, to, quit, to quit something, a comfort zone, where everything was done and made, and it was, you know, it was cool getting to the TV station, working two hours per week, making a good living per year, just with that, if I wanted to, and uh, and just having it easy. Yeah. And uh, so I, I went to the producer's office, and I said, I, I'm going to quit the job. <laughs> and he got some, because I was doing a good job, so he said, wow. I didn't expect that. He said, why do you want to leave? I said, well, my goal is to become a uh, a world champion in pro wrestling, not to be a commentator. Not now. I'm too young for that. So he said, Paul, he said, I'm going to do something with you. I'm going to give you a three months. You know, you go, you want to go to England and you want to make your, you know, back, you want to make it back there to, you know, go up the hill and work the Indies in England and, go back to, you know, the WWE or ROH or uh, Impact or whatever. He said, I'll give you three months, and if it doesn't work, you can always come back here. And I look at him and I said, Robert, I said, if I do that, it's because I don't believe in my goal and I don't believe in myself. So I'm going to say no to your offer and hire someone else right away. And I quit everything, and I left, and I went uh, to work for uh, Brian Dixon, uh, a guy that I worked previously before the WWE, mm-hmm. WWF in 1991. I called him, and I got booked for him for peanuts. You know, he was not paying that much money. And I uh, was working seven days a week, wrestling seven days a week. And uh, the WWE came through there a few times, and I had like a bunch of tryouts and all of the time they said us creative don't have anything for you we don't we don't have anything it's not working or i was supposed to meet with uh, john laurinaitis he was not on the trip i had to meet with vince himself he didn't expect me to be there so it was always had to uh grind hard you know always grind 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 you know wait in line wait 10 hours you know how it is sometimes the bwb you know you have to wait for just to talk to them to be uh, oh, all yeah. day, you know, yeah. so busy. And I remember sometimes I was there at noon and I, I, I had the chance to talk with him. It was midnight with him and his two bodyguards. I was the only one left in the building. And then uh, nothing would happen. Like, basically, he was like, hey, Carl, what's up? How are you? Oh, uh, oh, just talk to John about it. We'll see. You know, so I had to wait, the whole, you know, the whole 12 hours just to hear that. <laughs> So uh and when was this? When what year was this? You're you're talking about when you were with the WWE or this is after? That was uh that was 2007 and uh, okay. 2008. Right. 
and then uh, just when I quit the, the job on TV, right. uh-huh. and, uh, and then uh, the last tryout I had with them was in uh, Mui and Sun in uh, Connecticut, <clears throat> and it was supposed to be for a Raw and a SmackDown. And I did my match on Raw for the first match of the night, and then uh, John Laurinaitis was there, and I uh, went to the office with him and said, what did you think of the... Uh, of your performance, and said, "Well, it was hard, uh, but I thought it was a, a few good things that I really liked, but a few good, a few things that I didn't, I didn't like at all." And he said, uh, "Well, the, don't come with us in Philly tomorrow. Just take the car back to Montreal. Just drive it back. We'll take care of it." Uh-huh. So that that so that was like I decided to burn all my shits when I went to England. Just to make sure I was not coming back or I was going to die there, you know. Right. And, and, and I did die there, you know. I, I, you know, I, nothing came out good of that. Yeah. So uh, that was a super, super tough blow. And another then, one, uh, another one in the so, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. So to like around 2011, yeah, um, I still have all my goals. I still, you know, I'm still reading my stuff, going to all my affirmations, going to all my goals, to what I want to accomplish, to what I am, to what I can do, to what I can be, to what I, you know, I'm still very positive and everything, but yeah. nothing's coming along, but I still believe, I still believe. And uh, 2011, I do like a radio station, and, uh, just in an interview, and, and I'm saying, I, you know, I think I'm, pretty much done with wrestling. I don't want to say I'm done, but I say I think I'm done. Yeah. But, you know, I had put so much effort into it for my whole life that it was hard for me to realize that I was going to quit on this dream, you know, on this goal because it was so deep down in my heart. I was so passionate about it. So when I said that, uh, I started to really work out on doing like karate, uh, uh, started to do like uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, a little trampoline course, and I never did the moonsault while I was wrestling, so I started uh, working on backflips and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even involved with wrestling, but I kept myself in shape, uh, pretty much in shape, you know, and uh, uh, so, it, what, what, 2011? So around 2015, out of nowhere, someone asked me if I want to do some, uh, uh, you know, commentate on uh, maybe a pay-per-view, uh, analyze pay-per-view or comment on the uh, what happened the previous night of the pay-per-view or uh, and things like that. So I started doing some little uh, YouTube dates like that. And then from there, someone who has a big... Uh, it was uh, the Annable TV. Uh, this guy asked yeah. if I want to wrestle for consideration. So uh-huh. I went and I wrestled. Someone from Indiana saw me wrestled. And uh, I wrestled also other places. I started to do the Indies, but not because I needed the money, just because the goal was, you know, it's still, still there. Yeah, still alive. Burned. Yeah, it was burning burn my heart. Burning my heart, you know. Uh and I started looking at old uh, videos that I've done in the past, you know, like uh, on YouTube. And I was saying, you know, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna realize my dream 
uh, until I die and things like that. I was pretty deep down, you know, like yeah. pretty deep uh, uh, down on, on, on making it. I wanted to make it. So, uh, and I look back at those things and it, it kind of uh, came back to me and motivated, motivated me to, uh, to work, work hard. So anyways, I do, uh, I do that show for Hannibal and then I do a bunch of other indies and then eventually I got a call from Michael Blanton in uh, Indiana who asked me if I wanted to, uh, wrestle against, uh, all the Eaton pages with, uh, impact right now. Uh-huh. And he's a hell of a great uh, talent. So I watched some of his matches before, and then he asked me, do you want to do January 13 or April 23 or 23rd? I knew I wanted to be around WrestleMania in April, so I, I, so I said I'm going to do January 13. So I'm in Montreal. There's a big snowstorm, and my flight's not even getting off the ground, so I stayed a flight for five, six hours and eventually we went, we flew and I got there in Indiana maybe 15 minutes before my match. Oh boy. Kind of tore the house down with uh, Ethan <laughs> Cage. We had a great match. Yeah. And Joey Janela happened to be on that card and I didn't know Joey Janela back then. Uh-huh. I was just back on the indie scene. So we're going back to the hotel, and George says, hey, PCO, man, would you like to do my uh, George and Spring Break 2 at WrestleMania weekend? And then I said, wow, that's what I wanted to be, around WrestleMania for April. So I said, wow, I'm in for sure. So I told Joey, yeah, I said, what do you got planned for me? He says, "Uh, well, this is the hottest guy right now on the end of the scene. It's a big Austrian guy, Walter. I said, I don't know him, but... uh, I'm in, you know, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, the other thing, he says, uh, he said, in our New Orleans, Louisiana, we don't have a great budget, but uh, would you be willing to drive there or to make your way there? Mm-hmm. So I'll drive. So uh, I I drove and I drove and I drove and I drove and it took me 40 hours to get there. Oh, boy. And, and I did that straight away without sleeping anywhere. I left Montreal. I drove all the way to New Orleans. I got there uh, maybe the the night just before I got there. So like it was probably 10 or 11. I think I had time to watch a little bit Walter. Uh, he was so booked on every night and three times a day. So yeah. I watched a little bit of his last match. And then uh, the next day we had our match. And uh, I had worked him when he was only 18 years old in Germany. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, and he remembered that. That's wonderful. And uh, so he's like, hey, Carl, how are you, blah, blah, blah. So it was cool because it was uh, like a little instant chemistry there. Yeah. Because, you know, he knew me a little bit from before. And uh, I knew a long time ago that I was going to job for him. That was part of the plan. and, And I did not have no problem with it at all. You know, I had learned from my mistake in the past and, like I said, you know, I can only control what I can control. Right. And um, he was at the time the PWG uh, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla World Heavyweight Champion. But he had just dropped the belt not too long ago. So just uh, destiny again, you know, it was from the Hannibal match to the New Orleans to the Georgian uh, who booked me to the WrestleMania weekend mm-hmm. with Walter. 
who was the big name on the the biggest name on the indie scene, and I come out and nobody knew like almost who I am, or they, they can't figure out what's gonna happen and what the deal is with myself. Yeah. And it's so cold, you know. The crowd is so cold with me. But uh, Walter is well known and renowned for his hard chops, and we start trading crazy chops, <laughs> and my chest turned to be purple and black and bleed. And I keep going and keep going, and then I start getting like crazy moves. Uh, spring like Mozart, uh, Mozart from the top to the outside on the cement floor, dive, you know, uh, yeah. the road tope over the top rope, and we're, we go and we're having like a killer match. We're yeah. killing it. Yeah. And then the internet is on fire right after that match. <laughs> and uh, Cherry on the Sunday, uh, the promoter asked Walter, are you still TWE world champion? I said, oh, I said, I dropped the belt last week or something like that. I said, well, would you mind putting Carl over? And then he goes, I don't know, no problem. <laughs> so I'll tell him that I, I come out with that big win, which I never expected that. And so I, I kind of, my, my, my life switched over like a dime just like that over that night. Wow. And, and it was easy to make the 40 hours back to Montreal because I was so wiped up, yeah. you know, about what just happened. So I was talking to all kinds of, you know, people from the business on the phone. And from that day on, everything was red hot. I mean, every promotion, indie promotion in the States had contacted me to work for them. California, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, Boston, mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, and the biggest show, like American Runner and Boston for Beyond, uh, Bola, uh, Battle of Los Angeles for PWG, uh, all the biggest tournament, I was uh, main eventing them too. So, uh, I had posters every, every day from different city and different promotions. So, I was on fire. And uh, about at the end of the year, 2018, I was uh, touring in Germany for... WXW, and then uh, then I start you know receiving phone calls from different companies and uh, almost every company's like uh, they they they're they're I gave my word to some companies that I wouldn't mention their name because they asked me not to mention anything. Yeah, but uh, it was like uh, everyone was involved in in the process and Ring of Honor was the company who showed me, uh, you know, sometimes when you have like, uh, you have a big, not that I was a big star, but when you have like a, a huge superstar, let's say for hockey, I know Montreal Canadians, they would get a guy in Montreal and show him their facilities, uh, where they train, uh, uh, the show them the city and show them, you know, uh, the office, how it right. works inside out and, the whole the whole thing just to give a good impression to to the player and uh and ring of honor was kind of like that with me they they really uh they really showed some class of uh, incredible class and uh i got to meet with uh president joe Koff and have a, a good talk with him and with uh the booker and the uh Vice president of the company and uh, and all that and and when I got out of there, I felt like you know 
over all the choices that I could make, you know, this mm-hmm. is the one that, with my heart, I really want to, really want to choose. That fit you. And I really, I really want, I really want, I really went, went with my heart on this one. Yeah. I followed my heart. That's been a good and, choice. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. but, um, you know, you were having these phenomenal matches, uh, like you said, lighting up the internet. But how much uh, of a role did uh, you hooking up with, with Destro and then you created this character, really? I mean, you are a living monster, but to, you know, that they've created it. I mean, and if you look at it, man, you are living it. And then you guys started doing these videos. How much of a role have they played in uh, launching, you know, this astronomical career that you've got? Yeah. How, tell me about that. Well, what a- yeah, yeah, yeah. Right after the Walter match, I had a, well, the Walter match was in April. I went to see uh, Mike Roy, which is Destro. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's the strongest man in the world with his bare ends. Yeah, I right. mean, uh, no one, even Mark Henry tried some of the stuff that he, he can't do that he couldn't do. Uh, he, he had an open challenge at uh, Mr. Olympia, challenge all the strong men to try to do his stuff, put $10,000 on the table. Yeah. No one was even close to the table. They didn't want to even uh, to lose face, you know, trying to do something that they couldn't do. So uh, this guy lives in the same city that I live. Mm-hmm. And about 10 years before that, I went to see him and I was talking to get him into wrestling, and he turned me down right away. He said, I don't know. I don't care. I don't want to do right. it. I don't care about the money. It's like, he was, no, <laughs> he didn't care. Right. So he turned me off. I, I, you know, you're at the wrong place, buddy. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, and then uh, I, I, I continued to watch his story. So this guy lost 168 pounds, kept his strength kept the same force that he always had hmm. and uh, he was in the best shape that he never been. He was, uh, he went from 290 something pounds to 134 pounds. Jesus. And, uh, we have a big mount here in, uh, where I live in uh, St. John and Richelieu. It's a big mount, uh, where people are climbing. And he did that mount 300 times out of 365 days. So that it shows you how crazy it could be, how uh, intense it could be. Mm. So I'm thinking this is the coach that I need. Right. This is the one that I want to glue myself to because I want the, I felt like the discipline that was missing in my life earlier on mm. when I missed my target, when I missed the goal. When I got out of track, when I got out of hands, I said, now I'm willing to pay the price. Maybe I wasn't willing then. Maybe I wanted other things. I wanted to be a world champion, but I also wanted to to have the good things that goes with it. Now I'm ready to train without heat, you know, in the cold in this garage. And whatever you wanted me to do, I will do. Mm-hmm. And... uh so I went and I, I went to his gym and, and asked him if he wanted to train me. And uh, he says, call me tomorrow, we'll see. Mm-hmm. And uh, I called him and he says, come Monday uh, 6 a.m. at my gym, we'll start, we'll do the first one. 
And he had told his wife, I'm sure in two weeks we won't hear from him anymore. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and, then, then, and then I kept staying there and kept staying there. That was, you that, go was uh, that was in November. No, no, I, t- I think we started the 1st of November 2017. Uh-huh. So when I uh, did the match with Walter, he was already into my uh, comeback as a trainer. Yeah. And then he starts saying things like, you know, something missing in your promo. It's, it's too generic, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to, we have to come out with something different than the others. He said, I'll show you, and I'll train you to be a strong man, and I'll, I'll train you, and I'll show you what I do, and I'll, I'll make you do what I can do, and I can probably have you do better than I can do because, you know, I've been spending 40 years on positioning myself, and no one, you know. I'll, you know, I'm, I'm going to save you so many years of trying to do something. If you try to uh, tear a, a deck of card without any experience, you might lose four or five years before you get it. If you try to roll a fry pan without knowing how uh-huh. uh, to position your hands and where to place you, you might lose a few years there too. <laughs> so, so he started teaching me and training me in the way where my hands were like were going to be my real strong things. You know, it's no more straps. You tear bare hands, fat grips, uh, all kinds of stuff. You know, just holding on by the tip of the fingers on on different bars. It just it was so painful just to work on my hands. Mm. And then I started to to do little things, and I wasn't discouraged at first, but I kept I kept with the program. And then uh, the first thing I did, I was, uh, I was, you know, it's like we're playing card, and he says cut the deck, and then so I pick up the deck of card, and then I rip it apart, and then said, you know, is that cut enough for you? That was our first uh, vignette, mm-hmm. and that was going into the match against Walter. So I had like done three vignettes when I got into the match with Walter, and uh, when I when I told you the story that the crowd was so cold, the match against Walter, but by the after. When I, when I started trading the, the, chops. the chops with him and the, 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 the time that I started doing all my uh, nice and heavy stuff and high-flying stuff, the crowd is standing on their feet. They're standing <laughs> away at the end of the match. The crowd has like turned out like from cold to super enthusiastic. So, uh, so until that match, we had done three vignettes. But after the, the Walter match, everybody was writing the resurrection of PCO. So it was like the resurrection of PCO. And then he, I was getting out of some traps, some straps in the gym. We're doing like abs. I was on the cage squad doing abs, like uh, on those things that hold your elbows. And then I was walking, you know, away from him. And he looked at me and said, stop, 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 stop. He said, you know, you walk just like Frankenstein. He said, you are Frankenstein. Yeah. You're Frankenstein. I'm telling you, that's what you are. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> we started to do things like, uh, you know, with the, the car, the car battery, battery yeah. and the, the electricity. Yeah. And then, so we're doing thing. We're doing like a Frankenstein thing without kind of knowing like all the scenes of the Frankenstein films. But after a few vignettes, we look 
you know, we look at the scenes that we had shot and, and the way things were going, and then I was really becoming like that character of Frankenstein. But it happened organically, you know. It's, it's not something that we really... He saw it in me because the way I always walk in my life, it was in me. And uh, just my character also, it's like, it's a little bit like Frankenstein. So, I mean, my character, not talking about the, but the, the way I, the way um, I would react to a, a certain situation sometimes. And then the way when I get mad or something, you know, I would look like, like him, you know, flashes of him. So, so we slowly incorporated that. And then the, when I started wrestle for uh, Bruce Pritchard and uh, Kurt Bauer, Bruce was like doing a girl position. It was like the main producer and uh, Kurt Bauer was the owner of uh, MLW. Uh, they started calling me the French Canadian Frankenstein. And then, then everything else like started to amplify and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, started doing like uh features strengths incorporated with the electricity and and you know some are more theatrical some are really about the strengths or some are about uh you know maybe uh, humanized a little bit more the monster you know there's there's different strings to it which i think it's pretty cool you know it's not just a you know, it's a monster that sometimes can talk and say what he thinks, and sometimes he doesn't talk. Sometimes he he's cool. Sometimes he's not cool. So I think it gives like a, a wide variety of of things that we can go with uh, this character. Yeah. Well, have you been blown away by the response? I mean, you look on YouTube and you've got you know thousands and thousands of views of these. Uh, were you have yeah. you been surprised by it and how and how has it uh, really helped establish you know a character that uh, what Destro said you needed? Uh, how big of a difference has that made? Oh, it made a it made a huge difference yeah. because uh, I became so disciplined and I became so focused and uh, on top of what I've been learning from him and doing with him. Uh, on my side, you know, like every night, you know, I, I, I decided that one that and it's still like that. And at one point, it's been two years where I don't watch TV anymore. I don't listen to radio. Uh, the, the only thing that I I do it's like uh, I try to uh, to uh, be in touch with something that's gonna help me grow uh, personally as a human being or as a wrestler that's all i do i don't even read the newspaper in the morning <laughs> i i look at i look at my head as a as a uh as a you know a nice uh uh like hurt you know which yeah. is kind of empty and then i'm trying to plant plant the right seed so i can uh i can uh you know rip the uh the the what I've been sowing. So it's, uh, uh, that's, that's the way, uh, I feel, I feel like, uh, when I was young, I wanted to become a world champion. I think it was like, uh, a lot about an ego trip sort of, you know, until I was, until I hit that, that frame where I went depressed and I didn't know what was going on to me. And then when I started rebuilding myself, uh, 
I felt like uh, in order to be successful, uh, I had to really be myself uh, a, a better person and and to really work hard on myself and to push myself to the limits because it's really hard mentally. Uh, sometimes also success is that you're afraid of success. Uh, success demands a lot of pressure and demands to perform and demands to to be the man when you have to be the man. And uh, uh, most of the times people will settle down with something less because uh, they don't want to face all those challenges yeah. And uh, I feel that uh, I've worked uh, so far, so hard and so far and so long. And I'm not done yet. I'm still working on my mental strength and uh, try to uh, increase always uh, my uh, mental capacity of, uh, of dealing with things and with, uh, with pressures and things like that. And... Uh, uh, to 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 sum it up, I think in order to become a great champion, you have uh, it's it's to say that it goes like this. Uh, before maybe I would say, well, when I'm going to be world champion, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. But I learned that you have to be a world champion before you become a world champion. <laughs> so yeah. it's like you got to do it before, not when you right. are. Right. When you are, it's not going to happen. You have to do it now. Then it's going to happen after. So uh, there's so many lessons of life that I learned. And, uh, I think overall it made me a better dad. It made me a, a better person with my family. It made me a better person with my community. It made me a better person, uh, you know, with uh, all the, the people surrounding me. And, uh, and I feel that the, the, the people around me have made me also uh, a better person. So yeah. it's, uh, it, works, it works out both ways. Yeah. But, uh, you know, PCO, I mean, uh, you, you've made tremendous sacrifices over the last, you have to at this point. Um, but I'm, it's, it's good to hear. I mean, it sounds like you do make time for uh, family and you, can you step away from it? Or has it always got to be this constant training, constant conditioning, constant mental testing? Uh, are you able to step away from yeah. it at times to be able to devote some time to the, the other side? I and mean, you got to get away at some point. Well, when everything went wrong, you know, once uh, when I I came back from England, and you know, and uh, my my ships were burnt, and uh, yeah. I, I kind of died over there. I still had to live with that, and I went through a separation uh, uh-huh. with the the mom of my daughter, mm-hmm. uh, and I was able to uh, recuperate that relationship. Not in the fact that I'm living with her now, I'm with her now, but I, I, she she is like uh, supporting me mm-hmm. uh, as much as as she would she would if she was with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, she stays she's she's taking good care of my daughter. But the the, the thing that I've learned is if I am with my daughter, uh, if I'm with her for two days, I want to have those two days. Uh, very make it special with her. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't have her very often because so my job doesn't allow me to. Yeah. But all the moments that I'm going to spend with my family or my daughter or with my friends, I want to make those uh, moments very special. So I think by being so uh, present in the moment, it gives me a um, the capacity to concentrate more on any task. Uh, 
I remember before uh, when I started wrestling and I was young, if uh, I had to cut the grass and say, ah, that's it for me, I hate doing cutting the grass. Uh, can you help me out uh, doing the dishes? Ah, that's it for me, I hate doing the dishes, you know. Yeah. But by, by, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I kind of make a, a motto of my life that uh, I have to uh, get involved in every task of my life, like, with all my heart and at the best as I can. If I have to brush my teeth, I want to be the best teeth brusher in the world. Yeah, whatever if the I task. wash my dishes, yeah. yeah, if I wash my dishes, I want to be the best dish disher washer, yeah. the best dishwasher <laughs> in the world. And uh, if I cut my grass, I want my grass to be the nicest grass in the world and I want to take pride at it. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, you know, I, I have my mom and she has cats and, She's buying, she's buying things for the cats for the, their, you know, because they have to go and pee and this and that. So, and it weighs like 100 pounds. And she's like, can you help me out? And before I'd say, wow, uh, we'll pay that kid on the other side of the street. We'll give him some money. I was going to take care of you, everybody. Yeah. But now like it's like, okay, I got to do that task. And I put really a lot of uh, myself into it. And, yeah. By 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 being so present and everything I do, uh, I uh, totally and that that's a, a book that I read from a, a guy called Pierre Henry on concentration, and he says like uh, you can't just be good at the a good goaltender if you're not good at doing the other things in life. So yeah. You have to be good at everything to be good in your own sport. So you know I've read so many books too. You know it's like. Like I told you, I don't watch TV. I don't, you know, I, I don't listen to radio and I don't read the newspaper. So everything that I put in my mind, it's a, it's a book. It's something that's going to help me grow. Yeah, no it's task, no task beneath you, as you uh, as you put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, They're all important. Yeah. I mean, the one that I can, you know, of course, at a, at a, at a certain point, uh, I have so many obligations. Like I'm doing podcasts, I'm doing radio, I'm doing yeah. like TV interview, I'm going to the TV stations. I can't do all th- those things. And one day, at, at one point, I have to decide: okay, if I do this task, but I can have someone else doing it, but I can do something that's going to be uh, more constructive for for my career. Yeah. I have to choose what's going to be best for that. Because if every day I do the small things that I love doing, but it's going to stop me along the way. So I have to put a lot of time on, you know, trainings and things like that and conditioning and, uh, you know, working on different aspects. So I have to, by choice, you know, by priorities, I have to let go some of some of the duties and choose the ones that are going to be more, of a uh, bring me a more uh, value to my life, yeah. but uh, if I have to do it because I don't have choice, I choose to do it with all my heart instead of hating do it. That's yeah. that's that's my philosophy. You know, and, and getting back to the uh, the physical side of this, I remember we had a conversation when when we talked last, and we were talking about you know you working out and the strength that you had. And you said that, you know, you, you are doing, you know, these incredible exercises, but you, you don't do things that would crush your, you know, your, your joints anymore. You could lift, you could do 500 pound bench press, but you 
didn't do it because it's not good for your body. And then I'm confused by because I see what you do. You sacrifice your body in these matches with the moonsaults onto tables and onto the floor. And uh, how do you separate the two? Because uh, I know, you know, you know what you're doing. You're an incredibly trained athlete. But at the same time, cement is cement. And, uh, (laughs) you know, you can only you only have so many bumps, as they say in you. So how are you able to take care of your body? when you're doing stuff like that every night? Yeah, for me, uh, the good thing, you, you only have so many bumps in yourself. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a belief that I don't believe. Yeah, okay. So for, for, for guys, it's belief, and, and it happens because they believe it. Eventually, they can't bump no more. Yeah. So for me, uh, I, I'm always big on, on, on beliefs. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I just believe a lot of things. That we have been, that people have been put in our program when we're a kid. Like one of the beliefs that you, they, they, they install in you when you're a kid is saying that at a certain age, you have to do such and such thing that you cannot do those and those things. So they kind of put that in your, you, 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 you kind of been brainwashed, uh, you know, because people have been brainwashed before. It's not doing on purpose. It's like, they're doing it unconsciously. So one of the things that I'm trying to be is more conscious of what I believe, uh, what I believe, and what I don't believe. Yeah. Uh, and and there's there's bumps because I know from a young age that that was a gift that I had that I was like uh, a rubber guy, you know, that yeah. I was yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. Who, who who would jump, you know, down a cliff or something and would come out with Bounce. a little scratch here and there or a little <laughs> injury, but I had nothing. Yeah. Or if we would like crash cars, you know, like the, the, the one for kids that's built, you know, when you usually you race with them, yeah. but us, we put tools, you know, like picks and, and pole and, and, and shovel in front of the, of our carts. And we bashed each other and I was always a driver and I was trying to make the other one quit. And I was always like a little bit like uh, a daredevil. That's part of myself. And and sometimes, like I remember when I took that big bump uh, at the Madison Square Garden when I was power bumped from the ring to the floor uh, uh, by uh, God the Tonga the Tonga Brothers. Yeah. Um, I uh, Destro had concern. He said why are you taking such a risk? Yeah. And I told him, I say, well, if you decide to break two baseball bats on your leg, do you think you're going to break your leg? Maybe if you tell me you're going to do that, maybe I think you will break your leg and I will be scared for you, but you know that you can take it. This is my, this is my stuff. I know what I can do and I know what I cannot do. This, I know I can do it. I'm 50 years old. I know I can do it. And I can do it easily too. And he said, okay, now you gave me a reference with my things to your things. When you're going to tell me that you can do something, I'm going to believe you. Yeah. So uh, it seems, seems, it is crazy. Like the, the one yeah. when, I, I, when I had a malfunction, electrical malfunction, I, and I jumped. And I realized that night they had put just one stride of mat instead of two, so I did the you know, cement floor and I had seven inches over my eye. 
But for me, you know, uh, it was like a walk in the park. You know, it was it was painful as stitches and things like that. Yeah, Seventeen. A lot of time. Yeah. But in the meantime, I had that smile on my face all the time. <laughs> I had the the, the the company had sent two people, two great people, to, uh, a, a guy and his girlfriend. They both the wrestlers of the dojo. Uh, the ROA JoJo, uh, and they were super cool with me. I made them laugh, and it was we had a blast in the hospital, and uh, and it's something that you know it never didn't even cross my mind that it might have been too dangerous. You know, it was just that's something that I can take. Well, you say it's uh, like uh, PCO. You you say it's like I like mind over matter, but uh, is it? Taking its toll. I mean, are, are, do they take? Is it taking a toll? Taking those massive bumps. I mean, just the one you the, that match you just had with Roosh was just to watch that was unbelievable. You guys were all over the arena, and you finished with a moonsault on yeah. top of him on a table. I mean, it was. Uh, it's not yeah. taking a toll. Uh, it didn't take a toll. I mean, <laughs> you were I, you know you really are inhuman. <laughs> they say you're inhuman. I know that's part of a gimmick. <laughs> But really, yeah, I mean, yeah, your yeah. threshold. I'm talking about human side, but I'm not human. Yeah, I'm talking about <laughs> human, human, human things, but I'm not human. No, uh, I'm something else than human. Do you uh, think? I mean, do you think but, uh, that you have a, a, an incredible threshold for pain that others, other humans, don't possess? Yeah, I really do. I really, I think that's what it is. I really think that's what it is. I think I enjoy like the pain, but not too much pain, but just enough so I get a good rush. So. Uh, but as long as there's a, it doesn't bother me, like if I can run properly, if I can play hockey properly, if I can jump and do all my things, do my moonsault. If if I would do all those things and then I would look like a crippled guy going to the arena, then I would say it's taking a toll on me. But, you know, most of the guys, they're going to the restaurant with me after or they're walking back to the hotel with me. And when it takes a toll, sometimes a little bit, it's like if they forget to put some padding on the apron, and yeah. then I jump right on the wood and the pins. That would that can hurt for a day, but that would be that. You know, maybe, maybe I would walk a little bit differently for a day, but it did happen <laughs> in Baltimore. It was no padding on yeah. the left side when I took the apron bump. Yeah, and then uh, the, the Sunday night in, in Philly. I still did the apron bump again because mm. I felt good. Yeah. So if I didn't feel good, I wouldn't have done it. So it's just like, uh, and and it, and to me, it's part of my style. And I feel like uh, once I can, I cannot be offering the style that I that I can offer because uh, I feel if I can't wrestle, you know, if I have just to do the yay and the boo, mm-hmm. then I'll I'll, reti- I'll retire. You know, I'll stay in the game as long as I'm competitive and I can steal the show. That's 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 the thing too. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, hold on to it. You know, I have uh, so many more goals to achieve in a short span of time. Kind of, you know, I don't have ten years. Maybe maybe I have three, four, five. I don't know, but. Uh, uh, because I have goals, so I have to uh, I have to reach them, and I feel that I'm so close to them. Mm. And uh, for me, winning the title was just like it was part of the goal, but it was not 
the goal, you know, the goal was to, um, I was just talking to our, um, Mark Rusko was the, uh, in charge of, uh, uh, public relations for ring of honor. I was talking to him. I said, it, it's easy sometimes to, uh, be a world champion for a company that's already, uh, kind of known, uh, by everybody. Mm-hmm. But to be a world champion and make that company known as much as the other one, and I always refer to the WWF one. The whole thing started with Vince and Alt and Cindy Hopper and Lou Bono and the Much Music, the uh, music uh, channel. MTV. And that's all yeah. the yeah. MTV music. Yeah. And everything started to start rolling. And, uh, and that's that's the goal. That's to uh, keep working and grinding, working and grinding until that that moment, you know, where everything kind of gelled together and that big thing explode. And then that's what I always wanted to do. On top of becoming a world champion, I always wanted to really pop the territory. Or as I say, WWE is probably at the lowest right now. If someone come, could go there and pop it, that'd be like something special, like Austin did, like The Rock did, like uh, Hogan did. So uh, not that I wanted to become a world champion, but I also wanted to uh, see all the PCO uh, cards all over the place and to really pop the territory. And... I'm telling you that, and I'm going to say it again. It's not because of my ego, because I think if I accomplish everything that I want to accomplish in my life, I can have a great movie, I can have a great book, and I can pass on everything that I have put, uh, used, and and, uh, utilized for my own success so I can pass it on to other people that want to have success and want to succeed. And, and uh, just like I received from other, but I feel like it, that it's my uh, obligation to achieve my goals so I can uh, have an answer for others who want to achieve theirs. So that's why I, I, I'm saying it's not about my ego. It's really about uh, uh, evolving personally. You know, uh, personal de- uh, involvement or development. That's uh, that's what it takes to uh, to accomplish great things. And then and also, uh, I really like to, uh, as much as I make success and everything, I uh, I give back. Also, uh, I keep that to a secret. I don't brag about it. I'm just telling you at large. But I give back to the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, a parts of you know what I'm making as far as uh, money and things like that. And that's very important for me, but I don't, I don't want to say or take pictures and I don't want, I want to do that in a total secret. You know, it's, uh, right. it's something that I do for myself that it makes me, uh, feels good, but, uh, I don't, I'm saying it to you because I think it's a great thing for everyone to experience because once I started to, to do that, I also felt like uh, my uh, 
uh, I started to feel better about my own self too. So uh, yeah. it, uh, it, it, it's something that, that, you know, having large goals, uh, instead of working towards that ego, uh, made me uh, become more generous, more passionate, and, and uh, more uh, compassionate, and uh, just all, all kinds of other qualities. It's, uh, it's totally, it's the same goal, but it, instead of making me a person, egotistical, that thinks just about himself and wants everything to be done his way and may need the other way around yeah. where I'm more flexible. And so it, it, the, the same goal can have two effects. It can have a positive effect or it can have a, a negative effect. And then uh, I felt like I found the trail to, to be happy and, and to be on the positive side of, of, of that trail and, and leave, uh, leave my trace. Now, you mentioned these uh, goals. You said you still have goals. I mean, uh, you've become a, a world champion for a major organization. So, I mean, really, specifically, like, what's left? I mean, what what do you still have left to do that you say that uh, is unfinished? Uh, really popping, like, uh, well, you know, with all the talent that we've got, Ring of Honor and all the managers and all the hearts that we got and the passion that we got went from the booker to the uh, vice president to the president to, you know, the and those guys, you know, uh, working camera crews, uh, production guys, uh, uh, they had, they, they're so passionate too, you know, like everybody that's passionate in this company, you know, even the, the, the dojo guys that help putting out chairs and help setting yeah. up buildings, things like that. So you mean taking it to another I mean, level from, from, from where it is now? Is that what yeah, you're, you're yeah, that's yeah. what I want to really pop it. When I say pop it, I really want to make it like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to use that term because uh, it's been used before, but yeah. make it like a PCO mania, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, the PCO era is on, you know, like yeah. just something uh, where, you know, uh, people are excited and people are having fun, people are having a great time and just feeling that, you know, when we used to, go in the buildings and you can cut the atmosphere, you know, with a knife and yeah. it's so hot, right. you know, and just yeah. bring it back to, to where it was. Oh, it might take it. I don't know how much time it might take, but uh, <coughs> I don't know how it's going to happen, but that's certainly a goal that I have. That's a goal that's to really, uh, to really, you know, make, make things and bring it to another level and just, uh, you know, uh, and also, uh, by doing that, I think I've, I've accomplished that. Maybe I'm having probably the, the greatest, the biggest comeback, and yeah. you know, ever done in sports altogether. I mean, I, I think George Foreman did something good at 45, but I never seen a hockey player scoring 50 goals at, at 51 years old. So, yeah, I would say, uh, I think I think the comeback is great, but I think it, it could be even like. Uh, larger than life, it could be well, what I always envisioned. The yeah. vision that I had when I was a kid. Yeah, but with and, but and with had. that, and and with that, um, you know, the WWE has been in and out of your life uh, during throughout your career, and even, <laughs> I don't know how recently you've, you've spoken to them. But is is that part of the unfinished business? And if the, there were an opportunity, would you take it at this point with the WWE? 
Well, I'm I'm so well with, with, with Ring of Honor, and, and mm-hmm. I, I want to do I want to do things with them that they've never done before, uh-huh. and I want them to feel like uh, them and myself, like we uh, we have really popped it to a to a level where you know it, it, it's something that's gonna be historical. So. Uh, if you ask me, you know, other than having a sort of working together agreement with ROH, you know, anything is possible in life. Uh, other than that, you know, I I don't see myself uh, be hard for myself to uh, to to forget everything that. Uh, ROH is done for me and then mm-hmm. everything that I've done for them. It's a, it's a both, uh, you know, it's a give and take, you know, it's, it works both ways. I, I give my, my all with myself, uh, every day and every time I step in the ring, outside the ring, I've got ROH in my mind all the time. And, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, to, uh, to get them to be a uh, big thing too, and to uh, you know when you go anywhere or across any borders that they you know who's the ROA champion is or not because it's me but I'm talking about the future and uh, you know it's something big, really big. That's uh, that's the thing. That's 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 my goal. But uh, I don't think about the beauty. Yeah. Well, uh, really. you just keep moving forward. That's the way it. it uh, you know, it's the way you've always uh, looked at things, and it's great to see what you're up to. I wanted to. Uh, this is off off uh, the track here, but I just think it's awesome that my my good friend Jim Johnston uh, created your your entrance theme. And uh, tell me how that came about, because he's a he's a tremendous. Uh, you know, producer, uh, musician, uh, creator. Um, so, how did that collaboration happen? Uh, we we had worked uh, together before yeah. uh, with the BWF. Uh, I knew him a little bit, yeah. and uh, he and uh, it was just uh, I don't know. I just I was a big fan of his for yeah. <laughs> for so. For, for so long and for so many songs. Oh, like, so all uh, the theme songs uh, he did. A, a, a lot of theme songs that yeah. he's written. And and basically, you're you're a big part of it uh-huh. because I was listening to your podcast with Jim Johnson. Oh. And when he was showing you, like, okay, this is how I came up with the Ultimate Warrior music. Yeah. And it would do it like with a guitar or with, with a piano, or and I, oh, the guy is so talented. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Oh, wow. he knows the music. Like he, he knows every everything by heart. He knows where he's going. He knows, like even if he's not like a wrestler or he never wrestled before, he knows so much about music that he knows about wrestling itself. And I was so impressed. That I I feel like I know Jim Johnson. I've worked with him before, and I gotta get in touch with him. That that was that was the thing. Yeah. And 
it took it took forever for 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 me to get a song going with him. I mean, he's not easy to you know to uh, to get the work with. But once you get to know him, yes. But you know, the first approach were uh, you know pretty much so and so, and uh, I had to to be consistent and relentless on my demand uh, <laughs> without. Uh, without without being uh, a pain in the ass, so to speak, you know, <laughs> with class and right, right. and you know, just spa- spacing my demand at the right place at the right time. I, I kind of know how to to be relentless, but you know, without when it's too much, you know, someone just gets fed up, and then it's now that that you know, it's, it's because. As we're trying to make contact with other people, other people are trying to make contact with us as well. So we kind of learn that too much is like not enough. So we kind of try to uh, uh, be focused and 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 be uh, you know uh, very uh, like you're not going to quit on something that you really believe in. But without being a a pain, you know, you wanna you wanna still be a gentleman. Yeah. And I was always a, a, a nice gentleman with him. Uh, and uh, when it, it came all together, I was so happy. Yeah, it is so awesome. Happy. It really is. And I tell you, I mean, it's it's a, you have all the pieces now. Now you've got, uh, you know, uh, you're the monster. You've got uh, all this going, uh, the momentum, and you've got a Jim Johnston theme. I mean, what more could you? Use. And I can't believe that one of these organizations, since he left the WWE, they haven't snatched him up. I, I like I thought AEW or somebody would grab him because he's so yeah. he's just so talented, and he does. And you know, like he evolves. He's like you. He evolves. You know, he just keeps getting better. He can, you know, he does it. It's not like he gets and, stuck uh, back and, in a piece of I, music twenty yeah. years ago. You know, he keeps evolving. Yeah, yeah. His uh, his presence uh, there was really. Uh, was really felt strong, and I, yeah. I think uh, I don't think they could have replaced him like without taking anything away from whoever's doing the music. I think uh, guys like that, you have them like uh, a very few and uh, spend the time. You know, it's it's very rare. And um, anyways, I don't know the the whole story behind it, and I don't want to really know. Yeah. Uh, the 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 pieces I caught on your podcast was the piece where he was explaining how he made the song for Revolution, yeah. for uh, uh, Ultimate Warrior, and he was talking about you know uh, also uh, Jimmy Hart doing songs for a few guys as well. So that's the piece I totally got, and then that's when I I already had that in my mind. To to contacted him, I didn't know from where to start, and then when I uh, I listened to your podcast, I uh, my uh, it's, it's another uh, part of my uh, you know uh, when I was like I said when I was in the first part of the career where everything kind of went wrong, yeah. it felt like the the ball was never rolling for me, and then. Uh, Everything that happened just before the Walter match and after the Walter match, it seems like the ball's always rolling for me. So yeah. it's, uh, it's great. It's, it's, uh, it's just like it's a total change of uh, 
thinking and event and the way I perceive a life and the way I look at things and uh uh so I'm I'm so blessed, you know, that I had uh, Jim Johnson to to uh to write and to compose, you know, yeah. my team song and uh and for all the other uh you know, another thing that I didn't have time to tell you when I was in England and I thought that everything was like you know, said and done, and I was done. I had met Marty Schill and, and Nick Aldis over yeah. in England in 2007, 2008. Yeah. Two of my faves. And Love those guys. And Yeah, and that was Marty Schill who wanted to bring me in Villain Enterprise for a Ring of Honor. Yeah. So even that, those years that I thought that I'd served for nothing, that I was totally down the drain. Yeah. They were at the end of the day productive for me because yeah. Marty Still, I was he was a kid back then and I was good with him and I treated him good and uh, I was a great lesson my daughter or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, that's and a then great lesson. And then that's the guy who was texting me says, uh, "Do you have a contract? What's going on?" Blah blah blah. And, and then this, this thing started rolling and ROH got in touch with me and then. But Marty was the the guy who was like uh the uh initiating the the whole process so that that year where I decided to burn my ships. Yeah. Uh I didn't burn them for nothing. At the end of the day I, I, they served me. Yeah. So it was cool and and it's I'm trying to 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 live like that to always try to um totally focus on what I have to do and, and not try to have like a, a plan B. I hate plan B. Yeah. Uh, plan B. Plan B for me means that plan A won't work. Yeah. There you <laughs> so, go. Yeah. Well, Always and you know, and, and it's a great lesson you mentioned about Marty and, and Nick uh, for people and in, in any, whatever walk of life or whatever you're doing, it's, you know, how you treat people. You never know how this stuff comes around and will, benefit you later in your life and and uh you know that's a that's a great example that uh, you said you know yeah because i was a i was a veteran and yeah. i i could have i could have uh, uh act like that. i knew everything and yeah. there were those out. kids yeah and i couldn't have not care about them and not even talk to them and because they, they weren't even full-time they were just coming in and out sometimes on the road and i i i, I talked to them like you know, if, if they were part of my family, and then, hmm. uh, without knowing if they were going to make it or not, you know, and uh, it was just uh, it was just part of myself. And then, and then, who would have predicted that at you know forty nine and fifty and fifty one, fifty two, I would be back and part of and villain enterprises? That I, yeah, that that kid wanted the PCO to be part of villain enterprises. Yeah. So that's uh, fantastic. That is, that's another great lesson, you know, but that's what I'm saying. The balls have started rolling for PCO since 2017, since I met true and all that. But, you know, there was a lot of changes that I had to make. Uh, you know, most of the time we, we were trying to, to change things outside of ourselves, thinking that we have to think, change the, the, this guy or this girl or this house or this car that everything else is going to change we're going to add it more easier it's going to be uh, more fun but uh, 
try to change things inside and then, and then I'll probably change a lot of things outside without moving them. Yeah. Well, you know, and you, uh, you are a classic example though. I mean, of, of never quit. And, you know, I mean, we can go back to you mentioned when you were a kid, when Stu was sending you on goose chases, uh, you know, Stu Hart sending you to places when they were, you know, mocking you yeah. and you just never, yeah. ever quit. And I just hope people listening understand that. I mean, this isn't, you know, it's, it's like they say, uh, you know, what you, you don't learn when you're on top. You don't learn when you have all that success. You learn what, you know, when you, when you're down and when you're, when you're yeah. just getting grinded down into the floor and it's whether or not you get your ass up and you, man, it, I, I you lost count a long time ago, dude. I mean, you just kept, kept going and, I, and really <laughs> yeah. you're an example uh, to people. I, I, you know, in their fifties, you got a birthday coming up. And uh, I, you know, you look at what people look, you know, in your fifties, you're just getting started folks. I mean, you can still do so much. Don't think that, you know, Oh boy, I'm on the back end of this. Uh, you're certainly, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah oh. That's the, that, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's great. And I, I just, I think I was a kid and I, I remember, I think I was reading a quote of uh, Winston Churchill and, uh, and, and it's an easy quote that everybody knows, but, take it for granted sometimes you know uh winners never quit and quitters never wins and uh uh that 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 always you know yeah. stayed in my mind uh, and, I, and i think and, there's uh, a i think I, there's I a famous speech of winston churchill as you mentioned that i think it was he was like at west point and uh who knows if it's a real legend or whatever but the, but uh, playing off of that that he got up and his spe- his entire speech was never Never, never, never quit. And that was it. Yeah. And, and people were like, what? He came yeah. all that way? And then it became, you know, like people said, you know what? That is one of the most profound speeches I've ever heard in my life. And that's really, yeah. That's kind yeah. Of, you should have that. Uh, that should, that's going to be on your, your, your gravestone. I mean, never, ever, 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 ever quit. <laughs> ever, ever quit. <laughs> yeah, never, never. Yeah, that's true. Awesome. Uh, it's uh, sometimes it's a uh, it's a pain it's painful painful growing experience. Yeah. But uh, when you finally uh, reach out to your goal, oh, it's so reward yeah. rewarding. Yes. It's uh, it's 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 worth it's worth it it's worth the whole thing. And 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 then many times I hear things like. Uh, you know, like one of the stars right now, uh, Connor McDavid is a huge hockey star. Like uh, that kid's unbelievable, and uh, they say he never like uh, drank a beer in his, in his life, and he's always on the ice all the time, and yeah. he practices all the time, and he's so dedicated and he's so disciplined and everything. And the other kids, you know, sometimes I'm I'm, I'm with older people and they have kids and things like that, and they say. Well, he must have a boring life because you know he doesn't go out, doesn't have fun with the girls, doesn't do this and that, and that's the way I was thinking too when I was a kid. And and for being on the other side of the track now, I'm saying no, he's the guy who's having the most fun because it's it's so rewarding. I mean, yeah, you do all this, but it's your passion at the same time. But I gotta tell you, sometimes uh, I'm practicing thing in the ring that. If it doesn't happen right away, and it takes me times before I, I get to do it, like the moonsault, where like cool. it took me almost a year to be able to hit it. Like I was landing on my, you know, I was scratching my head. I was landing uh, out uh, different, you know, I was almost hurt myself, and then 
you know, the coach was discouraged, everybody was discouraged, I was discouraged. It's hard to keep going on those yeah. those, those hard times. But uh but it's so it's so you know, I got a very special moonsault now where everybody arch and I'm the only one who like, you know, uh balls himself basically where I grab my knees or or I just do it, but I just I just spin at the last second before I hit the mat. Like nobody does it like that. They yeah. all arch their back. I don't arch my my back stays straight. Since it's my whole body turning, yeah. and, and and that's the way I learned it. And but I spent so much time on it that uh, you know, it had become like something my speciality now. And yeah. it's and just a little thing like that. It's so rewarding. And then and the same thing with the title. It's rewarding. But once you get that. We are like that. Human beings, we have to expand. We have to get better. We have to grow. So we can't be satisfied with what we got, but we have to enjoy what we've got. We've got to be happy with what we got, but we have to raise our goals each and every time that we have reached one. Yeah. So that's just that's how, that's, that's my thinking. That's my, that's my mindset. And 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 like I'm gonna tell you again, that's got nothing to do with my ego. I think uh, I try and I try to make that <clears throat> every morning when I pass in front of my mirror. Uh, you know the word humbles there, and uh, that's one thing. You know, uh, I think if you uh, met me uh, three years ago and you'll meet me in two weeks, you're gonna find a world champion, ring of honor, world heavyweight champion. Uh, I'm the I'm still the same guy, and uh, that's that's all that matters to me. Uh, that, that's very important to me. Yeah, incredibly inspirational. Really, you really are. Um, what's the best way? What's what's next? What's coming up next that you want everybody to catch? Well, uh, I'm going to be defending for the first time against Rouge again in yeah. Atlanta, uh, center stage. Uh, January 11th. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So we are, we're, I think we're going, we already have good uh, pre-sales and uh, we're, we're doing like two or three days. I don't know all, all of them by heart, but uh, uh, you can go on uh, the uh, ROHSing.com to find out. Uh, or you can follow me on, on Twitter at PCOs Not Human or on Instagram, PCOs Not Human or on Facebook at PCOs Not Human. So it's, it's pretty easy. Any platform that just PCO is not human. And uh, you have access to all my platforms and access to all of uh, the Monday night videos, uh, PCO and Distro, which is like you said, is a uh, tremendous uh, part of uh, PCO success as a coach, mentor, and creator dash uh, uh, the guy who uh, brought me back to life uh, <laughs> 2017, 2018. So, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Well, uh, you know, Pierre Car Wallet is, is PCO is not human, and uh, I have again enjoyed this conversation tremendously, and we will do this again. Uh, you know, at the next uh, next thing that you evolve to, because I know you got a lot left, but. Uh, PCO, thank you so much for coming on Primetime again. I really, really enjoyed it. It was a pleasure, and uh, I want to thank you for the opportunity to uh, to be able to, uh, to share things with you and your your uh, your uh, audience. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. <laughs>
So what'd you think? <laughs> the always fascinating PCO and just, I mean, isn't he amazing? It's just incredible. And I can't believe the punishment that he is able to endure, uh, whether it's doing, uh, you know, moonsaults onto his opponents on a table, which uh, you, if you saw that, uh, that championship match uh, for Ring of Honor, that's exactly what he did onto Roosh. Uh, winning that uh, title there, uh, or being tossed over the top rope onto a cement floor, which he does quite often, um, you know, and he admitted it. Uh, he uh, he, uh, you know, enjoys the punishment to an extent, the pain, but he is not. Uh, he's not human. There's uh, that's why he is a, a true ring monster. And I want to thank PCO for coming on once again, and we'll have him back uh, because, like you said, he's he's still got a few things that he wants to get done. That might include, you never know, uh, a run with the WWE. And uh, like I said, maybe on his terms uh, this time. So uh, PCO, thank you so much, man. It's always fun uh, talking to him. And uh, can't wait to have him back on primetime. Before we get out of here, folks, once again, I want to remind you, we'd love to have you uh, become one of our Patreon members. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash primetimemooney. You get all the episodes that we put out every week. Early and ad-free for as little as four ninety nine a month. And then, of course, we've got our other tiers. You become a Mooney or you can be a Legion of Who member. And that has its own list of perks among them. Uh, you know, the watch-alongs and uh, we do the, the shout-outs for your birthday and uh, a bunch of other things. Uh, Legion of Who members get their own uh, podcast with me and then their own watch-along after you've been with us for a year. So check it out, patreon.com slash Mooney. And uh, as we begin 2020, God, there's so many things we've got in the works here. I wish, and I keep saying it, I wish we could just release it all. But um, in the next few weeks, we will. Uh, but we've got uh, uh, a lot lot happening, and uh, you are going to know about it very soon. In the meantime, though, I want to thank you. Thank you, thank you so much for continuing to join us here on Primetime with Sean Mooney. Until next time, I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out.